And so, so as I said, right, so if Satan gets you to be sick, right, and he can get you to destroy the body, right, and then and on top of that, he brings what? Suffering, all right? He causes us to suffer mental anguish, amen, emotional anguish. Matter of fact, you know, I almost, you know, that series I was supposed to start right before the hurricane came was moving past your pain, right? And I was like, well, you know what? I'm not going to do that. But the Lord just reminded me, he said, keep, do that, do that, do that series because it's an important piece to what I'm developing here in 905, right? Here's the thing. The enemy wants you to suffer, watch this, at your own hands. Come on, somebody. He wants you to go through a mental anguish daily replaying and replaying and and watches and also saying to yourself why me i've done my best i've given god come on somebody my time i've given him my treasures i've given him all this stuff so why should i constantly suffer may i say this to you when you and i change our perspective on suffering that's how you defeat satan but if you walk around saying, woe is me in the midst of your suffering, guess what? You've given in to what the enemy wants to do, and that is to destroy you. So watch this. You're suffering, so then you start overeating. Come on, somebody. You, you start putting the wrong things in your body. You start, you find, so you stop exercising. You, lost, you lose the motivation to continue on in the journey because you're like, come on, I ain't got time for this. I got to focus on getting through this financial trouble that I'm going through right now. See how Satan works? And you ever notice whenever you start doing right, come on somebody, whenever you start on the right path, you ever notice something shows up to do what? To distract you from the path. Watch this. I read something the other day, right? I read something about this scientific book I was reading about, about, about weighing yourself, right, by getting on the scale. And one of the things that the, the writer said, he said, one of the things that people do is that they'll get on the scale today and it'll give you a number, right? Then you'll get on the scale tomorrow and it'll give you a different number. And you're weighing yourself every day, right? And what he says, this is, what, this is exact words. He says what that's called is mental torture. It's mental torture because watch this. Because when you get on today, right, you got to factor in a lot of things. Water. Come on, somebody. Whether your body's retaining water, lean muscle, Amen. Verse, you know, and all these other things that you have to factor in. And so every day it is going to change. So what you have to do, you have to go one week and then go uh, another week. And then what you do for a whole month and then you average it out. You look for an average because if you reach your goal by the specific date, all that stuff really don't matter as long as you reach what? Your goal at that specific date. So, but what you're doing when you get on there every day and you see the fluctuation in your mind, I'm trying to help somebody. In your mind, you're saying, man, I ain't doing nothing. I ain't losing no weight. 
I'm not, I'm not getting any better. And it's the same thing with the things that we're going through in life. We look at our current situation every day and we're saying, it's not getting better. One day is good, next day is bad. One day is good, next day is bad. But then in the end, you found out that God delivered you out of all of it in the end. Come on, somebody. See, what you have to realize is that God is in control Amen. Of the beginning and the end, don't just gauge what you see every day because every time we suffer, it's for righteousness sake, but it's for development. Satan wants to use the suffering to torment you. Come on, somebody. Mental torment. But what God does with the suffering, he uses it to develop you. And that's exactly what happened with Job. That's our character we've been studying, right? So the question is, why Satan wants to control, watch this, the circumstances around the body. You know why? So that you will suffer. That's why Satan wants to do that. Watch this. Satan wants to touch your body and create suffering. That's what he wants to do. Are you with me? You see... We see this in Job's life. First of all, he lost his children. Am I right? Suffering. Then he lost his what? Wealth. And, and then he lost the favor of his wife. Because his wife said what? Why, why don't you just curse God and die? Then he lost favor with his friends. And then he lost favor with his what? Family. Because everybody started to look at him like, man, you to go into church. You did all this righteous stuff for all this time. Now, what's up with you? Why are you suffering like this? See, we never equate suffering with testing. We equate suffering with, watch this, by saying, why me? You follow what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's about development that God wants to do in our lives through, our, through the suffering that we may be going through in our bodies. Some people would have never went to the doctor had they not had an issue in their body and then discovered that it was something else. Are you with me? And that, that actually saved their lives. Amen. But listen to this. Then after all that Satan had done, circumstances around Job's life, watch this, then he attacked what? His body with a horrible disease. That's how the enemy works. Amen. And so the first thing you must remember in, in suffering, in all of this, that God is always in control. That's the first thing. So in other words, and I want you to write this down somewhere, is that God is sovereign, that he controls everything. And I want to say this to somebody this morning. You have to trust God when life hurts. You have to trust God beyond what you see and what you feel and what you experience. Why do I say that? Go to Luke chapter 22 for me. Luke chapter 22. My goodness. Luke chapter 22 and verse 31. Are y'all with me? Amen. Now look what he says. 
Jesus is instituting the supper. Are you seeing that? Let's back up for a minute. And, and I want to show you something. Um, let's go to verse 14. And when the hour had come, he reclined at the table and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I earnestly desire to eat this Passover with you before I what? Underline that word in your Bible. What, what was Jesus getting ready to do? He was getting ready to go to the cross. Now, I'm going to use Jesus as our, our example today, right? He's getting ready to suffer. Now, watch this. He knows what he has to do. He knows what he has to face. But yet, he's not so overwhelmed by it that he's not continuing to do the will of the who? The Father. Oh, I wish I had somebody. Some of us, the first sign of suffering, oh, I ain't going to church today. I, 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 I can't fulfill my ministry duties. I can't do what I'm supposed to do. Why? Because we allow the suffering to do what? To overpower us. And here's what Satan knows about all of us. That in the midst of suffering, guess what we're going to do? Either we're going to fight or we're going to what? Flight. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to stay or we're going to watch this or we're going to run. And he knows this and he knows each and every one of us. He knows our temperament. But when you learn, listen to me real good. When you learn to trust God, it doesn't matter what happens in your life. You know that the outcome, come on somebody, you're not looking at the daily stuff. You're looking at the average. And at the end of the day, you find out that God will deliver you, come on somebody, from all that you're going through. Text says he was about to go to the cross, but it says he reclined at the table. He says, look what he says now. He says, before I what? He says, I, ha I earnestly desire to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. He knows he was going to suffer. Oh, I wish I had a few people in here with me this morning. Listen, he says, I know I'm about to suffer. This is Jesus talking. It's read in my Bible. Right? He says, I'm about to go suffer, but I got to eat this with you. Can you imagine, watch, have you ever been there where you, you, you're trying to be here, but your mind is somewhere else? <laughs> Come on, somebody. You're thinking about, you know, uh, I got marital problems, I, I got this problems, I got that problem. You know, you know, Friday night I went to the store, got home, went, 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 went come back from the store, I went to start my car, click, 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 click. <laughs> you follow what I'm saying? Click, 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 click. I went in, I shook the, the cable, and boom, it started out. I said, man, I'm going straight home. <laughs> you know what I mean? Went home, went in the house, and it almost got me. It almost, in my mind, I almost, rather than, chilling out and relaxing, I almost started thinking, man, I got to get this battery. How much is it going to cost? You know what I mean? I almost allowed it to play out in my mind. See, and what happens, what happens to us is that we have to follow Jesus' Jesus' example. No matter what you're suffering right now, listen, continue 
doing what God has called you to do. Do not cave in because when you do, the enemy says, I got a win on you. One, zero. When you get up every day, there's a battle. The Bible says the flesh and the spirit are in what? Opposition to one another so that you may not do the things that you want. And so, in other words, there's a battle. And this battle that's going on is for your, watch this, is for your growth, it's for your development, and it's for your Christian devotion to Christ. Watch Jesus, 16. He says, for I say unto you, I shall never again eat until, I, until it is what? Fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Verse 17. And when he had taken the cup and gives thanks, he said, take this and share it among yourself. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine from now on until the kingdom of God comes. And when he had taken some bread and give thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in what? Now, he just told them, I got to go suffer. Now, watch this. They had no clue what he was about to suffer. Just like you don't know what you have to suffer tomorrow. Come on, somebody. You don't know what you have to face tomorrow. But I want to tell you something. Don't neglect your commitment, come on somebody, to God in spite of your what? Suffering. Because when you give into it, that's exactly what Satan wants you to do. Now, what if Jesus did not complete this? And every time we take the Lord's Supper, we should think about he was going to suffer. It's a reminder of what? What he had done for us. Jesus' end of his ministry was all about what? Suffering. Satan thought that through the suffering of Jesus that he would have turned his back, come on somebody, on the Father. But he didn't know what he was in for. He didn't know that Jesus was stronger watch this, than, than all of that. And I thank God today that Jesus serves as an example just like Job serves as an example that when we suffer, we ought to hold on. That we ought not to help the enemy in his assault against us by turning from God. I saw a brother on YouTube yesterday. I had to shut it off. I didn't want that in my spirit. He, was, he, he's a, he said, I'm a former pastor. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't go to church no more. The Bible isn't real. And if y'all don't like me, y'all can, can unfriend me. I said, I feel sorry for that brother. See, he failed the test. See, here's the thing. If the devil can get you, and, and here's the reason why he started doubting God. Because of all the stuff he'd been through, he didn't, watch this, he didn't withstand the test. See, it's when you can withstand the test. Listen, I've been through some stuff, y'all. But I thank God that he's proven to me that by his example, that if I remember what he did, what, is, what was Jesus' life about? Suffering. Isn't that what he did? He suffered on what? Calvary. So therefore, the end of his ministry was suffering but watch this, but when he rose from the dead, come on somebody, he rose in victory. 
So what I'm trying to say is don't look at the daily scale of your situation. Look at the average and then look at the end. Because in the end, you'll realize, watch this, that you're going to win. Are you with me? You're more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. That no matter what suffering I may go through, that Jesus serves as an example for us. Watch this. Look at verse 20. He says, and, and in the same way he took the cup after, after they had eaten, saying, this cup which is poured out for you is the new covenant in my what? Blood. Verse 21. But behold, there it is. That's where we're going right there. But behold what? The, the hand of the one betraying me is with mine on the what? Huh? Talk about suffering. Imagine knowing the person that would betray you is right in front of you and you got to feed them. Come on, somebody. If your enemy is, what do you think he, what do you think he meant when he said, if your enemy is hungry, what? That's what he did to Judas. Did he not feed him? Watch the text now. He says, uh, for indeed the Son of Man is going as it has been what? Determined. But woe to the man by whom he is what? Betrayed. And they begin to discuss among themselves which one of them. They didn't know which one was which. See, this is why, you know what this passage helps me with? If you got to come among yourself and, and figure out who's going to, who's gonna, we should all be on the same page. And this tells you something about people's motives. See what I'm saying? You have 12 disciples. They're discussing among themselves who would be the one. We know they're definitely going to be one to betray. And here's what I hope. I hope I'm not that one. Come on, somebody. Abraham, he says, someone here is going to betray me. And they said, man, they discussed among themselves which one of them might, might be who he was, who was going to do this thing. Right? Look at verse 24. And there arose also a dispute among them. This is after all of this. As to which one of them was regarded to be what? The greatest. I mean, I'm just saying. You know, he, he just said, I'm about to suffer. He just said that someone would betray me. Now, I want to show you something. Right? And now they want to talk about who's going to be the, who's going to jockey for position. Come on, man. Are you serious? Look, look at this. He said, hold on a minute. And, and he said to them, the kings of the Gentiles lorded over them. And those who have authority over them are called benefactors. But, it's not, but it is not this way with you. Watch this. But the one who is the greatest among you must become like the what? Youngest. And the leader like the what? Servant. For who is greater, the one who reclines at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the one who reclines at the table, but I am among you as the one who what? You know what Jesus was saying? Even in my suffering, I'm not going to stop serving you. 
See, they're thinking, he's saying, okay, he's going to suffer and die, okay? Uh, one of us going to betray him, so therefore there's two open positions. And in these two open positions, guess what? Which one of us going to get it? And Jesus hit him like this. Hold on a minute. I'm reclining, but I'm serving. See, what Satan wants to do, he doesn't want you to serve God. Are y'all hearing me? He doesn't want you to be committed to your ministry. He doesn't want you to do that. So what does he do? He causes all kinds of what? Commotion and trials and suffering outside the body and even in your mind. In your mind, oh, well, they, they don't really need me. They don't want me. They don't want me over there, you know. And this is how all kinds of division starts in the church because somebody want to be bigger than another person. Oh, I can do his job. You follow what I'm saying? That, that's not what this is all about. Are you with me? But Jesus serves an example. Listen, here's the thing. I made up in my mind that even under the most stressful conditions, I'm not going to stand in this pulpit and project my hurt onto you. Come on, somebody. Because the Bible says that, that, that if we preach, we must, the goal of our instructions is love, listen to me real good, from a pure heart, a sincere faith, and a clear conscience. So therefore, when I stand to teach, when I stand to preach, if this shoe is kicking in your door, come on somebody, I wasn't thinking about you. It was the Holy Spirit who knows about you. I can't see how a man can tell me he doesn't believe in this living word, man, because the word is living. And no matter what situation I find myself in, I found out that the word soothes my soul. It encourages me in the midst of trials. But I thank God that Jesus was setting the record straight to say, listen, I am among you as one who serves. Look, 28. You are those who have stood by me. Watch this. Stood by me what? He says, I'm for the suffer. Right? When are you going to betray me? You be walking the text, right? Okay. Then who going to be the greatest? He said, nobody. Matter of fact, if you want to be great, become a servant. Do you really want to do something for God? Serve him. And then when you show up in his house, don't just show up with your face twisted to the left. But amen, come with an attitude of gratitude that God has allowed you and I to walk. Not everybody can walk through these doors. Not everybody can come in here and understand what's going on, but to you have been given the right to know him. So therefore, what I'm going through, come on somebody, is not greater than my Lord. This is why the writer said, I would rather spend one, he says, one day in your courts is better than a thousand on the outside. He said, I would rather be a doorkeeper in your house than to spend one day on the outside with the wicked. And listen, Jesus is setting the stage here. He says, you stood by me 
in my what? See, I need a few people who are going to stand with me. And you need a few people who are going to stand with you in the midst of your suffering. You can't do this alone. And I know you. some of you be trying to do it by yourself. I don't need nobody. You get antisocial and depressed. Let me tell you something. That's where Satan wants you. Amen. So guess what? When you're going through, you got to ask for some help. And if you don't want no help, God will send somebody to encourage you. You can't do this by yourself. That's where, listen, when you by yourself, you ever notice how you go nowhere? How you stay stuck in the same circumstance? Watch this. Watch the text. It's such a beautiful passage. Watch what he says. He says here, watch. He says, he stood with my trials. Verse 29. And just as my father has granted me what? A kingdom. I what? Grant you that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom, and you will sit on thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. You know what Jesus was saying? Listen, I just pray you can grasp this. Don't just live for this earth. Live, live for just this, these earthly things. There's a kingdom coming. The Bible says we will judge angels. There's another Listen, there's another chapter to your life. There's another chapter to our lives. We are going to heaven. Are you with me? Now, it all depends on what you do here on earth. It will determine your rank in heaven. Come on, somebody. But he already told us what we got to do, right? If you stay low, come on, somebody. You hear what I'm saying to you? Remain low. Stay low, and in due time, God will exalt you in due season. See? God knows when it's time for you and I to be exalted. He knows he couldn't do it last year. He knows what, He knows the, the frame of mind you were in. Come on, somebody. He knows all about us. So, therefore... I would say that we must get into sync, in sync with God's will. Are you with me? Watch this. Watch verse 31. Simon, Simon. Now, you know, Peter. Let, let me show you something. It's really powerful. Watch this. Simon, Simon, behold. Now, we see this with Job. Let me say this to you. Satan cannot attack God's possession until God gives him permission. You are God's possession. He cannot touch you unless God gives him, gives him permission. Read the text. Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has demanded what? Oh, Lord Jesus. I said all that to say that, didn't I? To do what? Have you ever sift flour? 
is a process. Now, what's the what's the sifting for, y'all? I just I, and I'm closing. I I just want to. This is my introduction to suffering. <laughs> I want to give you a perspective on suffering. Now, remember, the little mesh. Okay, it's very small holes. Okay, you put the flour on top. And you're sifting it. You're shaking it. Come on. You're shaking it. And as you're shaking it, the holes are big enough so that what? So that you're getting the purest, come on somebody, of the flower. See, in your life, you got some bumps. You got some imperfections. You got some stuff that... God needs to sift out of your life and, and, and you're complaining about what you're going through and God said, what I'm trying to do with you, what I'm, what, see, those bumps won't come out unless I shake you up a little bit, unless, unless I move some things around in your life because here's the thing, other than that, you would mess it up, so what I got to do, I got to make you fine like flour. Come on, somebody. I want the pure, I want some genuine stuff out of you because if I promote you, you're going to get puffed up. So what I got to do, Satan is demanding. He's asking for permission to sift you to sift you, to shake you, to destroy you, but I've given him limitations on you. Come on, somebody. Amen. Same thing he says, you can have him, but you can't kill him. It's for sifting. It's for purifying, y'all. The suffering that you're going through right now is to purify you. I was telling, I was telling the, the, the reverend back here, he said, if you don't mind me saying it, you don't mind me saying it, dear. Huh? You, you don't mind me sure? I, I got to get permission. Right? Because, you know, that's a private conversation. He said, Pastor, I hate going downtown. I hate downtown. I said, man, that's a strong word in my mind. He, now, I heard him a couple of days back. I said, well, you know, I, I understand. You know, I was there. And I said, okay. So then next time I told him, man, I hate downtown. Just like that. I said, I told him, I said, man, that's a strong word there, brother. You said, hate. And this is what I told him. I said, hey, man, could it be that God is using the very thing that vexes you? Come on, somebody. To develop you. And what I believe is that's your sifting. Because, see, when you're out in, uh, in Lake Jackson and all those other places, smooth sailing, you ain't got no traffic, you're in your comfort zone. But God has to allow us to get into some sifting situations so that you can pull up. Hey, I hate, oh, hate is in my heart. Come on, I know it's an expression. I know it's a word. But here's the thing. In my uncomfortable situation, God says, I want you to faith rest in me. 
I want to, listen, I want to sift you. I got to take that hate thing out your heart so that you can have patience, so that you can have self-control, so that you can glorify me that I got a job, amen. But guess what? That I can be patient in every situation because you may be in ministry serving somewhere where you don't like, come on somebody, dealing with people who hate you, but you got to be patient with them because they talking about you, they lying on you. See, God is in the development process and while he's weeding us out, while he's sifting us out, while he's allowing Satan to do that, we see what's really in our hearts. See, I believe that when I get put in situations like that, it's for God to show me, hey man, you ain't, you, listen, you're not where you think you are. Yesterday, was, And it brings up something in you, that's what you need to work on. God showed me. That's how you look. That's exactly how you look. I said, all right, I'm working on that. I got to work on that. Sift me, Lord, sift me so that I can become better. As I close, look at verse 32. He said, but I have what? Ah, so you know what you got to do? Pray for me. He said, what? My wife always, my wife used to tell me, she said, you don't need to say that. You, you need to, I said, damn, ain't nothing wrong. Damn. What the, what, what you talking about? So you know what she did? She prayed for me. Lord, please take that stuff out of his mouth. You said, I'm, I, you know, I'm, hey, I'm, hey, hey, hey. People who walk around telling you they, they, they false, they fake. They tell you that they don't struggle. Everybody struggles with something. And I'm not trying to make mine any better than yours. I'm just saying that it's about being real with yourself. But when God gives you an illustration, and I'm like, God, I mean, every word this woman said was damn. I'm like, good Lord. I got to stop that. He says, what? I prayed for you that what? That what? That your faith. May not what? Listen, you know what you need to go through your suffering right now? Faith. I'm praying for you that your faith will not fail in the midst of whatever you're going through right now. That you don't give up on serving. I see so many people compromise their service to God because I got to go deal with this. I got to go deal with that. Listen, nobody's asking you to be in church eight hours. One, two hours. And then if you have a ministry, who's watching it? Who, who's the greatest thing you'll get out of this, out of your suffering, is learning how to serve God in spite of. He says, I pray that your faith may not fail, and you, once you have what? Turned again. Once you have what? Turned again. You know what that means? Right. It meant that he failed. We all fail. But you, after you've turned again, you would do what? What you went through wasn't for you. 
What I went through was to help somebody else. This heart attack. But I was sifted to get to this point. Let's pray. Father, we thank you.